Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoilers is with us! New cards. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of Spoiler Season, Dominaria. Dominaria. Uh, so, first of all, thank you to our sponsors, New England Comics. You can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge. And to Flipside Gaming at flipsidegaming.com. So today, Katie, we are going to talk about some multicolored legends. Legendary. It is pretty legendary. Uh, our first one is Joda, Archmage Eternal. You mean Yoda, who's green and small from Star Wars? <laughs> what? Okay. They have similar names, sure. Um, so anyways. Also, Joda looks like he can control the elements, like how Yoda uses the Force. Strong resemblance. Go on. Do you, do you just want to take this card? You seem to know a lot about this character. I, I know nothing. Do you know stuff about... Are they in the story? What do we know yeah, about Joda? Joda accidentally became immortal because he oh. accidentally... I think it's him. That's nice for him. He accidentally ended up in the Fountain of Youth. Um, and It's like a good mistake. Yeah. And he ended up uh, gaining immortality. And that's why the flavor text says, Chronicles Across the Age describe Joda. They likely refer not to one mage, but to a family or an arcane title, because people can't live that long. But no, no, Joe does live that long. He fell in, in the Fountain of Youth in Dominaria. By so, accident. Yeah, I think That's pretty sure great. it was accident. So, oh, hence Archmage Eternal. Yes, yes. I get it. Uh, so Joda is blue, red, white, one. Legendary creature, human wizard, 4-3, flying, because he flies now. Uh, and you may pay white, blue, black, red, green, rather than pay the mana cost for spells that you cast. So, Oh, for spells. I was like, for him, that costs more. Yeah. So uh, Joda, so this is a Fist of the Suns on a body. Um, what? Fist of the Suns lets you do that same effect. It's an artifact. Um, so Joda doesn't really seem like it's built for standard. Uh, it seems like it's built for commander. Oh, okay. That makes sense because yeah. I don't play a commander, so I right. couldn't figure this card out. Yeah. So, like, this way you get to go, like, you know, cast Emrakul for five, right? <gasps> That's so broke! Yeah. So, you get, I mean, yeah. We, it's right, just that, but like, you in have standard, to be able we don't have five colors. You, yeah. And, like, Joda's a five color commander, so you can. Um, He's but, a three color. No, five color because it, commander cares about all mana symbols that appear on the card, including what? what's in the text box. So, because of. Uh, That's the, cool. Yeah. So. Who knew that? Well, I didn't. I don't even play Commander. Wow. Um, so Look at you doing your research. The problem is that there's not a big enough payoff for this card in, like, standard. Uh, and the card is, like, it's expensive, and for a 4-3 flying, like, it's not a great rate. Um, in modern, modern's just too fast. Uh, and, like, you have better ways to ramp out big threats. So Yeah. Not a huge fan of Jira. All right. Cool, though. Next, we have Joyra. A lot of J's in this. We also have Jaya. Yeah. All right. Dominarians love their J names. Yeah, if your name starts with a J, this is the set for you. Absolutely. Uh, Joyra, Weatherlight Captain. This is red, blue, two for a 3-3 three, three, uh, legendary creature human artificer. And uh, Joyra says, whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card. Yeah. And oh, this is this is one of those engines you were talking exactly. about. Exactly. This is one of those engines I was talking about where it, it feels like if you just 
and a lot of them are in Jeskai. If you just lump enough Jeskai Historic Matter cards together, like you could have quite an engine for a, a Jeskai Historians deck, um, which, which is appropriate for Jeskai. Why? Right there. Oh. Well, well for the Jeskai were... Clan on uh, on Tarkir, sure. Yeah, that's um, what I meant. Yeah. But the color combination doesn't, I don't think, is explicitly historic or anything, but... No, 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 I was, t- I was yeah. talking about the okay. plan. Um, um, yeah, so, you know, Joyra could see play in that kind of a deck. Uh, it could even see play if any one of the subtypes becomes really big in standard. So, like, if you're just, like, in a really heavy artifact deck, then cool. There's no downside. Yep, like, you get to play this in your fun, um, what is that? pay 50 life deal 50 oh game. the ether, uh, ether, ether flux Marvel. reservoir yeah ether flux reservoir so like ether flux reservoir which wants to cast a bunch of zeros makes it so that like do the bad version of cheerios yeah so do you that's play true. In that? um that's fun yeah so yeah. that's that's where i think joara would find a home next we have raf capuchin ship's mage this is white yeah. blue two for a three three legendary human wizard it has flash flying and you may cast historic spells as though they had flash. This dude is also in Jeskai, also cares about historic. Yes. Uh, Ralph Capuchin is uh, a descendant of Gerard Capuchin. Um, Gerard being the one who beat Yogmoth. Oh, Jerry. Yeah, yes. of course. Your Jerry. buddy Jerry. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. Um, no, I mean, this is cool. You know, giving legendaries flash is a big deal because a lot of legendaries are pretty good yeah i to me the biggest thing this card has going against it is the mana cost uh four mana for this effect is a little expensive i think um i like that it has flash itself uh and like flying is a nice touch but it it feels like the jeskai historians deck is like a really value oriented deck um and i don't know how much value this card provides by itself yeah being able to flash stuff in i could be wrong but yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure how the deck operates like it does feel like if it's value if it's trying to draw a lot of cards get a lot of effects maybe it doesn't really care to be able to flash things in on the opponent's turn or in response like it just plays out its stuff and never dies it's it's because like giving everything flash lends itself more to a like a like a tempo play style right Right. like bant spirits in modern which is a deck that i know you are very fond of Mm -hmm. uh the flash there is really good because you can flash in selfless spirit or you can flash something and give something hexproof like there's a lot of relevant etbs that inner are almost like spells on creatures or like counter spells on creatures in some way and the historic cards we've seen like it would have to have that kind of play style i think to become super playable yeah. All right. Next up is Halar, the Fire Fletcher. Mm. This is green, red, one for a 3 3, right on curve. Legendary Elf Warrior with Trample. And whenever you cast a spell, if that spell was kicked, put a plus one, plus one counter on Halar. Then Halar deals damage equal to the number of plus one, plus one counter on, to each opponent. Huh. That's nifty. So on curve, Trampler can grow just naturally as you kick things in the late game so it sort of scales as the game goes on mm-hmm. naturally the the issue is like if you're thinking about this competitively mm. is uh well like first it's weak and it has a super high deck building cost oh, aside yeah. from that though uh like you pay kicker costs in the late late game yeah so like this isn't doing anything until like turn six or seven when like yay it has a it's a four four and it deals one yeah, one is, yeah. <laughs> like, 
it's uh, it's very underwhelming uh, in terms of its power level. Um, but cool design, cool design. Yeah, I mean, I I think it'll still be really good and limited because. Oh, I mean, three mana, three three trample. Yeah. That's yeah, it's great. great. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. It doesn't really jump out as mm. a constructed card. Indeed. Indeed. Next we have Shauna Sasei's Legacy. This is green white. Who's Shasei? Sasei. Sasei is uh I think Sasei was a former captain of the Weatherlight. Oh Yeah. There's just it's hard to keep track. It's like as I you said. To many I'll... treasures. None is as precious as knowing how my ancestors lived in her life. Yeah. Um they, there's a lot of name there's a lot of characters from Dominator's past there sure are and there's a lot of s's and j's and it's hard to keep track <laughs> of them all but uh so shauna says legacy is green white for a zero zero legendary creature human warrior uh shauna says legacy can't be the target of abilities your opponents control hmm. but spells are cool yeah yeah uh shauna gets plus one plus one for each creature you control oh this is just begging for a green white token stack we don't have one. I don't. I don't. I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't even play it in that deck. Really? It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It dies to. It's big and every cheap. Every spell. But it's big and cheap. I don't know. It doesn't. It just doesn't feel very strong. It's just kind of. Free. I mean, so like you're like okay, you and go they really. And can't embalm it with Scarab God. When. Can't be the target I think that's of only abilities. On the battlefield. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that ability works in the graveyard. That's lame. But like it, it's it's strange uh, because if you're in a tokens deck, your plan presumably is to go wide. Yep. So then you're playing a two mana, like ten ten. Mm-hmm. How does that contribute to your go wide strategy? It it doesn't have trample. It doesn't have evasion. But... It doesn't have any like abilities that affect the board. Wait, wait. What does Hotly do? I don't know. You know the new one, the one that cares about you get loyalty equal to creatures. Uh, you draw cards and creatures ETB. It's minus is like one creature gets trample or something. This is that creature. And they just kill it. I don't like it's yeah. it's such a it's like Galta doesn't really see play. Yeah. And Galta is like a similar deal where it's a two mana twelve twelve if right. you play it in that kind of a deck. And I think that it's the same and kind of deal here. And it has trample. And it does have trample. So wow. I have very low hopes for Shauna. That's a bummer. Yeah. That's where she wants to be anyway. She wants to be in a blue-white, uh, sorry, yeah, green-white, go-wide, and she wants to hang out with with Sapperlings and Cryptolith Right. I don't know if she and... does. I think she would just be, like, fine in a green-white creature deck, and you get to play a two-mana 4-4. Four, four. Gross. Because it's one more big creature that you're adding to your board of already big creatures. Yeah, I guess. Like, because in the tokens deck, it just doesn't... That actually does fit. sound more reasonable than the yeah. tokens deck. I mean, because Sean is basically the, the token that Voice of Resurgence leaves behind. Right. Without the targeting clause. Yeah. All right, well, she's fine. Yeah, mana dorks. She likes being with mana dorks, too, because they kind of incidentally pump her up. Um, next card is Primeval's Glorious Rebirth. This is white, black, five, legendary sorcery. So as a reminder, you may cast legendary sorcery only if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. Uh, return all legendary permanent cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Seven's a lot. Yep. This card needs to win you the game or you should not play it. 
Yeah, well, it's hard to imagine how it's going to win you the game because, I mean, so you're probably not playing this on turn seven, but, you know, you cast this some late turn in the game. You've presumably spent basically all your mana and you can't even cast any of the spells you just got back. What? No, no, you put permanents from the ba- onto the battlefield. Oh, they go directly onto the battlefield onto your hand. Right. That's important. So huh. this card needs to basically, you, you need to mill yourself a bunch and right. then you need to return a set of cards that win you the game when you cast this card. Almost like uh, Rally the Ancestors yeah. did. Um, and you just go off in combo in some way. So yeah. if that kind of combo emerges, this, this card is, is a reasonable engine. If seven still is a lot of mana, uh, and it's a sorcery, not an instant, and like it, you, it's a legendary sorcery, which means you need a legendary permanence. So like, mm-hmm. But if you're returning legendary permanence, presumably you will have some on the battlefield as well. So... I don't know. Sure. Uh, it feels a little expensive, but like if you can just win the game and maybe ramp to it a little bit, then I could see it getting played. I just played. like I don't know right now. Like, what would you bring back that you feel like would definitely win you the game? I no, I, I don't know. We you I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of things that haven't been printed yet. Yeah. And like down the road, there might be something that's printed, but like there needs to be something like you return three legendary things and like you can kiki jiki them and get infinite attackers or you can oh you mean literally like this i mean needs literally to it needs to win, win you the game the yes like when you cast Not rally like the ancestors win. right rally the ancestors had a slightly lower ceiling um for like its requirement of having to win you the game on the spot because you could do it over and over and it was so mm-hmm. cheap and it was an instant yeah. um but like generally, if you resolved a rally, like you would win because you accumulated a massive sum of value, and then uh, you drain your opponent super lots. You flip your jace. Like there's no way you were you were able to to lose the game to the point. So I, uh, because of the cost on this card and the sorcery legendary sorcery restriction, um, I think it needs to come very close to literally winning you the game when you resolve it. All right. Well, it's hard to imagine that they'll print that. So. I feel like this is not going to happen. Seven mana sorcery is like so bad that it's very easy to, and it's not something like approach, right? Where like you can cast it once and it doesn't matter. And like it goes in a control deck so like they can protect it. Mm -hmm. Like this card, you want to be milling and you have a bunch of clunky legendary permanents. So it doesn't feel like this is a a card that's hard to interact with. So I wouldn't be, if they did print a you win combo. um, Yeah, but if there was a you win combo, I'm sure there's an easier way to do it. Not if it involves, like, three or four legendary cards. Yeah. And, like, you're not going to be able to cast all of those out. Um, Yeah, but cool card. Uh, Maybe uh, this is a bit of a a stretch here, but maybe the, um, like, there's a historic deck type thing that has a lot of legendary cards that if you you could sideboard this in, if your opponent brings in, like, board wipes... And then you can yeah. hope to to kind of refuel, but refuel I really think game. that it's a it's a combo piece and uh, or the combo win condition, and I don't know what the pieces are. So all right, all right. So next we have a card that was spoiled uh, a while ago as a as you know telling us about brawl. Yeah, new new format. You do, you, only... do you want to explain brawl briefly? It's commander, but standard. Wow, basically. it's weird. You said that in a sentence, but they wrote a whole article. I know. Just kidding. Um, yes, Brawl Button Standard with legendary creatures or legendary planeswalkers as your commander. Mm-hmm. And only uh, 60, 40 card, 60 card deck? 60 card, I think. 60 yeah. cards because they only print so many playable cards in standard. So That's my joke. <laughs> I put that in my heart. So, uh, Fire Song. Also, and- you can only get this card if you buy a box. 
yes. that's the controversial thing about this and i don't think they're going to do this again uh because this was a terrible idea if they ever like mess up and make and one of these really yeah good card, it's just yeah. so yeah yeah so it's don't much easier to print i think like bad unplayable planeswalkers than in like a couple of those planeswalkers have come close the tezzeret one i think came really close to being constructed playable um a creature is like i don't know and you know you're like oh look at this new format brawl you could play fire sun uh fire sun sun speaker oh wait if you want to do the card that like we've publicized alongside this new format you have to buy a box like it's just kind of a, i don't know it doesn't feel good for the consumer um, yeah. and i think that that's important yes so uh don't get too attached to this card unless you want to buy a box but Firesong and Sunspeaker is white red four for a four six legendary Minotaur cleric. Uh, red instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink. Whenever a white instant or sorcery so spell causes you to gain life, Firesong and Sunspeaker deals three damage to target creature or player. Yeah, the watermark makes that hard to read. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. This is a, you know, like a Soulfire Grandmaster-esque card um, in terms of the lifelink, uh, though it only does it for red ones, but to be fair, those are the ones that are going to be dealing damage, uh, though white sometimes does deal damage. Um, and, you know, I think this is like a re reasonable commander. You can build the deck around this. Um, you can place Soul... I don't know if you're allowed to play Soulfire in the deck, actually, because it doesn't have hybrid red-blue somewhere on it uh yeah because it's just guy isn't yeah. that the cost for bringing stuff back or something yeah for rebounding ish yeah. the spells buying back the spell yeah so i don't know if what the commander rules are and whether that's permitted because a blue might be part of Soulfire's color identity if mm. it's hybrid but uh yeah it's cool design and like you know like if you play a red white spell like lightning helix you get, you get to get go both. yeah so you get to go cast helix you get to gain six life because Helix gains you three, and then this spell will give has life link and gives you three, um, and then as long as it reads properly, and then uh, it also causes you life. So then Fire Song and Sunspeed will deal another three to something else. So uh, Helix becomes deal six, gain six, which is kind of great, <laughs> kind of really good. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So it's I like it. I, I like the design. And it's a Minotaur KD. I, I love Minotaur. My very first standard deck was a Minotaur deck. Mm. Or, if you are so inclined, Battle Cattle. Oh, oh, yes. indeed. Did you not have a Battle Cattle Roar that you used to do with that? <laughs> oh, there you go. More of a... I, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> but not really either. a Roar. Cool. Next, we have Tiana, Ship's Caretaker. This is White Red 3 for a 3-3 Legendary Angel Artificer. Uh, flying First Strike. Whenever an aura or equipment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So she just fixes everything. Oh my gosh, flavor text is perfect. Nothing is too broken to men. That's right. She fixes it all. Fixes it all. Uh, so cute. like, this is a card that feels super niche. I mean, you're playing it in like a weird sacrifice. Or equipment's deck. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I, where this is seeing play. I'm and trying. And it's like a terrible rate, too, because right now bad. the flyers that we have are uh, 
whatever, our firebird that comes back who's who's an owl and yeah. uh Glorybringer. This is a it's a little sad. Well I don't yeah, like it's not played in like a, again, this feels like a combo piece, um in like a Cheerios deck uh style yeah. deck where you play a bunch of zero mana equipment, sack them, sack them, return them and all and do it they again. All come back to the battlefield yeah. and when you but and you're drawing just cards them, for free right? with uh, Joyra. But that only works if you cast them, right? You're not casting these. Or is that when it enters the battlefield, Joyra? Joyra's cast. Okay. So they go back to your hand. Oh, and, and then, then you, you cast, cast them. them again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm this a little... This is so clunky. If yeah, it's no, what it's you're terrible. Doing. This it is five mana. The other play. pieces were four mana. And then you have to actually play out all the artifacts after you have a four and five mana creature down. Additionally, it's a little disappointing because Tiana's like one of the bigger characters. And she oh, had like really? her own story article last week. She's like a and ship's they gave caretaker. Her like a bad card. So what, what does she do? She takes care of the ship. But like her backstory is like she was an angel who was created to protect um, this water machine, I think. But then, by the time she, like, she was created too late, and, like, the, she went there, and, like, the thing had already been destroyed. So then she had, like, no purpose. Rough. Then she, like, they sent her to go protect the Weatherlight, because, like, they had nothing else to do with her. <laughs> and then she ended up, like, bonding with the Power Stone and, like, um, fighting off something and protecting the Weatherlight. Right. And, like, she's the ship's yeah. caretaker and also kind of their guardian now, so. Nifty. Better story than card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Next we have Errol, Knight of Wind Wind Grace. I thought it'd be Wind's Grace. Oh no, Wind Grace is a um, name or a oh. title or something on Dominaria because there are other cards, Wind Grace cards. Cool. This is Black White Two for a four four legendary human knight with vigilance. You can pay White Two tap, create a two two white knight with vigilance, or pay Black and tap. Tap X, untap knights you control. Destroy target creature with power X or less. <gasps> this is the knights deck that I wanted. Yeah. <gasps> uh, I mean, so... I want it. I think... So cards like this, I tend to say are, like, too slow and clunky to be good in standard. Um, but I think this card has enough things going for it that actually, if you had a knights deck, it would be played. Um, because... The rate is actually good, and it comes with vigilance. Um, yeah. It kills something for black if you have a you know a knight's deck. Yeah, and you then don't have also, to sacrifice any of your creatures. Yeah, you don't have to sacrifice anything, and then it also spans more knights. So I I think this card is actually playable if you have a knight's deck. Uh, you can play this card. That's so cool. Yeah, I like this card a lot because I like I like. I always like cards like this with the flexibility. Like, the rate is fine, like you said, 4 for 4 4 Vigilance and Knight, which is presumably a relevant type for whatever deck you're building, mm -hmm. which is a Knight's deck. Um, and then it has, like, two abilities which help in different situations. Like, if you need to build a board and you don't have enough creatures, like, this is a nice way to make sure that you're making at least one Knight every turn. Um, and, and it fuels the second ability as well. Right. So, right. And then if you do have a bunch of creatures but you're, like, having trouble getting through or they have something problematic, this is, like, a free kill spell after if you can protect it for a turn. Yeah. Um, like, a card like this, if you put it in... If Repeat you had a... Kill. You replace every instance of Knight with Vampire, uh, this oh. card would have probably seen play in Vampires uh, yeah. because it's pretty strong. Um, and I like that they give it Vigilance so that you can attack and then use the ability 
um, as well. And you can use it during your opponent's turn. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a flexible, like, good card. And in limited, the card's great. 4-4 four, four Vigilance for 4 that, like, creates a 2-2 two, two every turn. It's fantastic. Oh, and then yeah. Knights have Vigilance, too. So I'm a fan of this card in limited. Very strong. It's so cool. Next, we have Moldrotha, mm. the Grave Tide. Uh, this is Saltai, that is black, green, blue, three, for a 6 6 legendary elemental avatar. During each of your turns, each of your turns, you may play up to one permanent card of each permanent type from your graveyard. During each of your turns, you may play up to one yeah. permanent card of each permanent type. So you get to go. Instant sorcery, artifact, creature, land, planeswalker, tribal. Did I miss any enchantment? Huh. I think there's. I think I had them all right. Creature, planeswalker, instant sorcery, artifact, enchantment, tribal. Did you say planeswalker? I think I did. Anyways, I you get there the were idea. Eight tribal. Uh... Yeah, but you get the sense. And the cool thing is, if they and it does explain this in the. Uh, reminder text if it has multiple permanent types you have an artifact creature you can say i'm casting this as my artifact and then do another thing and say i'm casting this as my creature so that's cool um this card is like super built for commander uh it it is just everything you know it's sultai it interacts with the graveyard it which you know black green and blue are the milling colors the self milling colors um so you can mill yourself and then you can play a bunch of stuff you can play delirium stuff in there uh because you're gonna have a bunch of different permanent types uh, so this it seems like a great card for commander. Um, I wish this card could be played in standard because oh. this is like an incredible value engine. Oh yeah, it's just so good. It's very cool too that it's um, during your turn, like anytime during your turn, because you could like cast an artifact creature. Say this is my artifact for the turn. It could die, and then later you cast it again as your creature for the turn. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no restriction on when in your turn you're casting these or whether you cast the same one multiple times yep. if it died again. Like, yeah, it's really cool. I will say, like, that this seeing play in standard isn't out of the question. Um, if the re- it depends on, like, what removal suite mm-hmm. decks end up playing. Uh, the fact that it's a legend will dodge uh, cast down or whatever the card is called. Um the fact that it's a 6-6 six, six means it's going to draw, dodge all the red removal. Um, right now, you know, the biggest removal spell is Vraska's Contempt. Um, mm. And then the white will be able to exile stuff. But white often exiles stuff that's attacking or tapped, as we see with the new stuff. So it, if you don't attack with Moldrotha, then it's going to dodge white. And really, then, all that's left is the black removal spells. I mean, white has a lot of cast-out and bindings right now. Right, but what, what I'm saying is, like, yeah. when rotation happens, Contempt is gone, cast-out is gone, Ixalan's binding is not gone that stays um but a lot of the generic like answer cards that answer this card go away and if we don't get new answers for those then like if you have a mid-range a black green mid-range deck and you can splash moldroth in there then like it's a very strong value engine if you get to untap with it the problem is just like it's so expensive that you won't be able to get value out of it in the same turn right Um, but if you do untap with it i could see playing this in um, maybe in the those weird black green control decks, that, like black green X control decks, uh, they splashed white and blue like the and everything. Aurora that used to be. T- oh well, I guess it's like the spiritual successor to that. But no, I mean the, like the Azor's Gateway one that runs all uh, the lands. Because in that deck, you can totally go 
Moldrotha, and then you'll have mana because it runs Hour of Promise and it runs Ramp, and like you'll easily have mana up if you cast this really late. You could even Mastermind's Acquisition for this out of your sideboard, play it, and then you get to replay your deserts. Um, so you get to bring back like oh, Field right, of land. Ruin. Yeah, if your opponent's on non basics, you just strip mine them out of the game. Um, and I mean, in standard, that's not super likely to happen, but you know, Grixis doesn't run a ton of basics. Um, and you get your deserts back. So like your, if near Deadlands, uh, you can start popping those over and over again. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could even just go on the Ipnu Rivulet plan. That's interesting. Every turn, sack it in Millfork. So I, I, it's, I like it. It's definitely my style of card. I'm just concerned that it's, uh, too slow. Yeah. Too slow. Okay. Next we have what? Oh, um, next we have Arvad the Cursed. This is white black three for a three three legendary vampire knight. It has death touch and lifelink, and other creature legendary creatures you control get plus two plus two. Hmm. Okay. Oh, you're not impressed? No. I think it's great and limited. Oh well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Lots of cards are great and limited. Well, not all. I mean, there are, there are some cards that are great. Legend. I just think that like with so many legends in this set, uh, it's this is like pretty strong. And also, uh, Death Touch and Life Link on the same body are pretty good. It's unfortunate that it doesn't pump itself because a five five for five that had this would be great. <laughs> well, that would be a lot. <laughs> It'd be great. Um, but uh, yeah, I I like it. I like the card. Um, do you know Arvad's story? Not remotely. So I, I presume is, uh, he's cursed. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, he's a Benelish knight uh, who swore an oath to protect stuff, but uh-huh. then he got turned into a vampire. Aww. And you know, vampires want to eat people, so oh, he had a hard so time he with that. Couldn't protect anymore. Well, what he ended up doing was he kept his oath, kind of by only feeding on co- the cobble. Uh, and he's like, hey, is that okay? Because, like, the cobble, like, they want to die anyways. They think it's a great honor. And, like, you know, we're fighting them. And we have to protect. Like, we have to kill them anyways. So, and then um, he joins the Weatherlight. And when he does, being near the Power Stone lessens his vampiric curse. So he can go out in the sunlight. And he doesn't feel as thirsty for blood. Aw, that, that's nice for him. Way to go, Indeed. Arvard. Indeed. Arvard. Anyway. <laughs> Next is Grand Warlord Rada. This is green red two for a three four legendary elf warrior. It has haste. Whenever one or more creatures you control attack, add that much mana in any combination of red and or green. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Oh, lovely. So it's funny because the old Rada, um, there's an old Rada that was printed in like Time Spiral, one of that block somewhere in there. Uh, that added mana during your combat step. When you, you attacked with Rada, you added, like, any combination of green and red or something equal to its power, maybe. Or, like, I don't know, you just added red-green or something. And when we were playing back then, we didn't really understand how mana pool, like, mana oh. emptied. And because we were like, oh, I can't empty during the combat step. That doesn't make any sense. So you must get to use it during your next turn. And then when we realized that, like, oh, you can only use it during combat... Like, it was pretty disappointing, because it's like, oh, you can really only use it for, like, pump spells, or... So this is a lot more flexible. Um, yeah. Four mana, three, four haste. In limited is good, uh, and ramp, like, is cool. You can play this and then play something else in the same turn. Um, I don't see this getting played in standard. I, I just don't think it's super useful. 
Yeah, I was trying to picture what kind of deck might want this. Again, we go back to like this weird cryptolith right super go wide deck that you play it attack with everything and then you cast emrakul which is not in the format right right but it's <laughs> or like spiritual a equivalent torment of hailfire or like it's <laughs> which you're... is in the format but yeah. it's not red green it's black yes <laughs> so like realistically like this is we can come up with scenarios where this gets played but like realistically i don't think it will yeah yeah, that's fine. Sorry, I just got distracted. I didn't realize that Teferi is taking the oath to join the Gatewatch. Oh, that's, that's our so next card. Exciting. Why don't you take the next card, Gatey? Hey, hey, Teferi. This is his oath. Oath to join the Gatewatch. Let me just say, that store championship playmat with Teferi on it, so I forgot my playmat at home. So when oh. I was playing the store championship, I was using that playmat. That's um, nice for you. Well, only during one round when I was at a table without like any kind of covering. Oh. And... Um, I realized as I looked down at it that the expression he makes on the playmat, it's not the same one as on the oath. Mm. It's like, why'd you screw up? Like, I'm disappointed <gasps> in you. Oh, no. And it's like, really? I don't, I wouldn't want it. Like, I don't want that playmat. Did it make you feel self-conscious about your play? A little bit. Deferi was judging you. Deferi kind of Maybe was you judging you. Maybe you deserve to be judged. I want to show you uh, the store championship playmat Teferi. So you can understand what I'm saying because it's not just me. Min agreed too. He's like, <laughs> see, he's supposed to be like spellcasting. He he's totally like, what you doing? Yeah, he's like, what did you do? Like, I'm gonna have to clean up after you again. Like, why do you keep screwing up? Well, at least he took an oath to help. So after you screw up, maybe he can help. Maybe, yeah. It just looks like he's like has a low, very low opinion of you. And like he, you messed up, but it's for like the 20th time. Min said it was like a disappointed dad look. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. What's the Oath of Teferi card, Katie? Yes, yes. Uh, when Oath of Teferi enters the, oh, sorry. Yes, it has a mana cost. Blue, white, three. Dang, that's an expensive oath. Well, it's a powerful oath, too. Okay, well, it better be. So, um, yes, when it enters the battlefield, exile another target permanent, any permanent, that you control. Oh, okay. Return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. You may activate the loyalty abilities of planeswalkers you control twice each turn rather than only once. Whoa, boy. So you get some value off the blink if you blink an ETB. And then uh, it's a free chain veil. Yeah. And it does stuff the turn it comes down. Yep. Like a lot of stuff. So uh, I I like this card in a Super Friends deck. Definitely. Because the problem with chain veil is like it was expensive to activate every turn. Mm. Artifacts are easy to destroy. It damaged you if you did not like use it. Like all very, very flavorful, but made it hard to play um oath of teferi though provides value when it comes down and then it's just all upside so i i like the i like the card a lot i don't know i mean it depends on whether like there's a super friends list that's uh playable or not but um if so i'm sure people will try to make it happen because uh, uh, planeswalkers are fun so fun so, yeah so fun yeah for like for if you have this with karn you get to go tick up tick down and it just is draw two Right, so you get to a free, like, Karn then has zero draw two cards, which is insane. Um, you get, like, with Teferi, you have Teferi gets to just draw two cards every turn and ult super fast. 
um, bolus you get to like take up and then take down and shoot them for set. Like there's so many things you can do. Like the planes just because yeah. So I think it's it's planeswalkers really are good cool. and activating them multiple times a turn is yeah. good. I can go through. You want me to just go through? I can go through every planeswalker and just say, look, you can take this one up and then take it down, and, and it's good. good. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, yeah, no, pretty convincing argument there. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. That's so cool. I'm so glad he's part of the Gatewatch. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. That's neat. I'm happy because uh, hopefully that means we'll get some more blue-white Tefiri Planeswalkers. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm a fan of that that Esper Shard there. So That Esper Shard life. Yeah, we need, a, we need an anti-Gatewatch so I can get some Ashiok action in my life. Dude, you have an anti-Gatewatch. It's starting with Bolas and it's growing. No, no, but, like, it hasn't been officially made yet. Like, it's going to be uh, Bolas, Ralzarek, probably Ashiok, Tezzeret, all the... You notice they're all in the Grixis. What's going to do? Have you noticed they're all in the Grixis colors uh-huh, as well? Uh-huh. But what kind about Vraska? Well, Vraska's going to betray everyone at the end and turn to the good side. Because she likes That's her Jace. mind plan, secret mind plan with her boo, Jace, ooh, ooh. those abs. Yeah. Anyways. Our next card is Garna the Blood Flame. This is red black three for a three three legendary human warrior. It has flash. When Garna the Blood Flame enters the battlefield, return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from anywhere this turn. Other creatures you control have haste. Here. You're thinking. You're thinking. What what are you thinking? Talk to us. Katie. I don't get it. <laughs> what don't you get? <laughs> what don't you get? Oh, the haste doesn't matter that turn. No, it could. What? I'm confused. Oh, okay. So, like, do you remember what was the card? The uh, really what's the name of that really bad planeswalker? Dawn, not Dawn. Uh, Samut. Samut. Remember tested? the creature? Remember the creature form? Samut. It had flash. And it, like, gave stuff vigilance and, like, hate. And it, like, doubled. Like, it was good on whether you flashed it in or whether you played it on your turn. Other things had yeah. haste. Same deal. This is just a really flexible card. Like, you can flash it in. And, like, if they kill stuff, you get all your stuff back. But you can also, like, play it on your turn and just have it be hasty. Or have other things. Or, you know, like, it has benefit after it's there, right? So you return all the cards to your hand. And then you get to play them all out again. And they have haste. So that's cool. Um, hmm. Generally, though, I think that... It's too expensive, yeah, and it doesn't do enough. Um, and it's a 3-3, three, three, and it doesn't have haste yep. itself. Yep. Uh, and it says Blood Flame. Why isn't it like a vampire? It's very confusing. I don't know. Uh, vampires are usually black-white on a non-Innistrad planes. Yeah, but why is its name Blood Flame? Oh, Flame. Okay, I accept. Um, but the awkward thing is, like, you want to play this with, you know, like, in a very aggressive red black deck so you can make a bad attack have them make bad like blocks that maybe trade off a couple of their creatures and then immediately just play them all out again and attack again because your creatures have haste not um, again that's not how turns work you get one <laughs> combat phase right but again i mean the following turn mm, okay i thought that was clear was um, not clear okay that's well, not how combat works i'm glad you cleared that up for yes. us <laughs> so uh but the problem is like and the five mana slot in that kind of deck, I don't think, I don't think you generally want to be replaying your one and two drops. I think you want to play Glorybringer and Phoenix. Yeah, this is not a good top end for that deck. Yeah, so kind of ox, kind of ox. <gasps> oh, I like the art for that card, not this card. 
You'd read this <laughs> okay, card. This, this is, is a you card. Adel Adelise the Cinder Wind. It's blue red one for a two two with flying haste. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. So it is along the lines of we've seen these cards before. It's like first we had Monastery Swift Spear, then we had Storm Chaser Mage. Now we have Adelise. Uh, these cards will get played in the fringe blue-red spells aggro prowess deck. It won't be very good, but hey. that's it. Um, she pumps herself. What I was gonna, yeah, what I was going to say is like in this particular incarnation of the blue-red flying haste prowess, it does pump your other wizards, which means if wizards end up being tempo aggro, then this card becomes actually like I think pretty reasonable um i i'm just not convinced that wizards will be a thing and will be com uh, competitive enough mm. well you could play this in the red spells deck with jaya who mm. also supports you really like jaya don't you i'm trying to push her because you... she's not pushing herself that's true she's not <laughs> i hope you open a jaya during the pre-release and then you were forced to play her because you've been talking about her non-stop oh no no i won't play her she's terrible <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's too many letters. Can you read this one? <laughs> <laughs> Next we have Daragaz, reincarnated. Daragaz is a dragon who's been in the past. Who was know, dead so. and now has been reincarnated. You are clever. Uh, this is black, red, green, four. For a 7-7 seven, seven legendary creature dragon. Flying trample haste. If Daragaz reincarnated would die, instead exile it with three egg counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Daragaz is exiled with an egg counter on it, remove an egg counter from it. Then if Daragaz has no egg counters on it, return it to the battlefield. Uh, so, like, basically, Daragaz suspends three when it dies. Um, oh, whenever he dies, he just curls up into a shell and respawns? Yeah. That's cool. Um, this actually... I think is one no. of the better re <laughs> funny because it's reincarnated one of the better reanimation targets it's like it's actually a reasonable target of a creature to like try to cheat in uh because flying trample haste seven power is great yeah those are those are some stats yeah i mean people were cheating in back last time i had like a reanimator deck beef not the blue black one because that had a that was a grindy one with like gear hulk and ishkana the other one we had though was back in the very end, right before uh, Dragons of Tarkir rotated, and people were bringing back Dragonlord of Tarka mm. and Cold Dragonlord Colgon with Ever After yeah. because of the eight power trample and hey, uh, and the what is it? Um, six power trample haste or not mm. trample? It had haste. Colgon had haste, and of course Tarka also shot people, uh, yeah, shot five damage board. for board. But um, it was a lot of power, and this this does that. It's seven mana, hasty, flying, trample. So I think it's a reasonable target for um, trying to cheat in. That's really interesting. Yeah. But green, red, black, are those colors where you're cheating stuff in? Uh, for, well, for if you're reanimating stuff, it, do, it doesn't matter, right? Like, ideally, yeah. you'd be able to cast all your reanimation targets. Uh, maybe your reanimator deck is black, green, and then you, like, splash red just so that you can uh, maybe cast this card if you have to. Um, but, it, yeah, it seems like a reasonable reanimation thing. And... You know, if you have, like, a monster's deck, like, I might be willing to just play this card, to splash this as, like, a one-of or a two-of at the top of the curve. Uh, like, if you think about the current... Oh, not the current. 
the uh, like closer to the beginning of this current format, there is the red green monsters deck that was slower and more mid rangey, like mm. before it moved to Earthshaker Kenras and other Kenras. Um, I would be happy to play this card at the top of like that deck. It's just a great threat that ends games. It has to be answered, or it's going to kill you in a turn or two. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Um, yeah, I just think the power level is very high. So it's a cool card. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it certainly like could be played in commander some like dragon jun dragony things and stuff uh <laughs> legendary but uh i think like it has the the possibility to be played in in standard which i i think is cool because i think it's a powerful card totally next up is rona disciple of gix gix bad person oh no does that mean rona is a bad person uh probably wait gix Am I thinking, hold on, I might be thinking, I think it was Gix, Lord of, no. Uh, yeah, Gix was, I think, a bad person. Yeah, he was. Okay. I don't know much about him, only that he's bad. So, what does Rona do? Very close to Ronas. Yeah, except everything about the card besides the, the name, ring. though. Yeah, no, Rona, you're right, Rona. you're right. Well, Very there's confusing. not an H, so, yeah. You pronounce it the same. Maybe you do, but Rahonas. <laughs> Rahonas. <laughs> Anyways, Rona. Uh, black web. Blue. Black blue. Black black blue one? Yep. Okay, cool. What, what else? Tutu. Human artifices are legendary. When Rona enters the battlefield, you may exile target historic card from your graveyard. You may cast non-land cards exiled with Rona. Pay four and tap to exile the top card of your library. Way too slow. Way, way, way too slow. I mean, like, it's cool. I like the design, um, and I, I like the idea of having this stick and, like, <laughs> playing it, casting something, exiling something, casting something, and so on, but, like, it's weak and slow. It's a bad combination. Yeah. 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 Would you play Unlimited? Um, I would play it in Limited if I expected my games to be incredibly grindy. Uh, because then maybe this card does something. Yeah, she is very slow. But she, like, you know, after you... So let's assume you get... ETB, you get to exile something and you can cast that. Cool. Nice. You're going to exile the best thing in your graveyard. If your game is grindy and going long, something powerful hopefully will have died. You can get that. Uh, but after that, like, you're paying for it to exile the top card. You have, like, a slightly greater than 50% chance of hitting something you can cast. Because if you hit a land, it doesn't do anything. And you've just wasted that so like it's it just has a low hit rate and like you have to really want to grind and get value because I, I don't i don't love it i don't love the card yeah. next we have tatiova benthic druid this is green blue three for a three three legendary merfolk druid whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control you gain a life and draw a card so someone was like, hey, you know what? You know what we need to do? We need to smush Corsair of Crufix and uh, Tireless Tracker together for free. 
uh, and put that ability on a bad card. Yeah, well, the, the problem is Tireless Tracker and Corsair were both, what, three mana? Exactly. And this, and this is, is five, five mana. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like, just like Tireless Tracker was a secret four drop, this is a secret five drop, a uh, secret six drop, if you want value off of it. So oh, yeah. It's, it's just pretty bad, which is too bad. Uh, Would I, play in limited, maybe. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you can also, like, you can do cool things with this. Like, you can play this with, um, what's, what's the card that was the combo card that you put all the lands from your graveyard into play? Uh, you know the one I'm talking currently? about? Currently? No, it rotated. Oh. It was a combo deck. Was it a snake in the desert? No. Isn't there a desert snake who lets you replay all your lands from Ramen your graveyard? Ramen up excavator? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about a sorcery that oh. put all lands from your graveyard onto the battlefield tapped. And it was a combo oh, deck. Oh, uh, the Great Aurora that I mentioned earlier. Okay, not that. Didn't that get but lands? It, it does, but I'm talking about the <laughs> card that put all lands from your graveyard onto the battlefield. Oh, yeah, that's not what the Great Aurora did. No. Uh, that's also not what Seasons Past did. No. But this these are hard. all, like, Splendid Reclamation is the card I'm talking oh, about. Oh, that's a card. That, that was played card. in Seasons Past. No, oh, it wasn't. But okay. you, I like, I like, I like how hard you're trying. It's really, it's really good. I'm trying really hard. Uh, but Splendid Reclamation um, obviously becomes then you gain a bunch of life and drop a bunch of cards. Uh, mm. And then you play Tiana. No, who's the other blue, green mythic? Kamina. Yeah, Kuma, no, no, not Kamina. What? The one who whose power and toughness. Oh, Tishana. Tishana. Mm. Power and toughness equal the number of cards in your hand. Yeah. Always look terrible. Yeah. You're like, why would you have any right. cards in your hand? She's terrible. But now you combo her with Tatiova. Yeah. And you can play it with uh, Harvest Season if you're going wide, which is the green two sorcery. <laughs> put search for basics and put them into play equal to tap creatures you control. Yeah. Hooray. Going deep. Yep. So. Play it in limited. Uh, yeah. Next card. Slimefoot. You were excited because you like the art of this one. Yeah, I just think it's really nice. Also, the stowaway is huge. How does no one find him? Well, because what happens is, and this is, I think, going to happen next week in the story. I'm not oh. sure. But uh, when they rebuilt the Weatherlight, actually, it says this in the flavor text. As Joya restored the Weatherlight, a mushroom growing in its hold unexpectedly became her first crew member. Uh, that so, doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, there is a fungus that grows on the Weatherlight <laughs> into and people? turns into Slimefoot, who uh, is a crew member on the Weatherlight now. Well, that's lovely. Yeah, Slimefoot's uh, actually very constructed playable. So let's see what they oh, what they do. Exciting. So first of all, nice low mana cost. Green, black, one mm-hmm. seems reasonable. Two, three. Okay. Fairly okay. on curve. Legendary creature fungus delicious archetype um whenever oh whenever a sapperling you control dies slimefoot deals one damage to each opponent and you gain one life you can pay four to create a sapperling right so the relevant thing on this card is the blood artist text uh which means that you have the potential for a green black tokens deck that wins off slimefoot where you get to sack. Now, the tricky thing is Blood Artist uh, and Zulaport Cutthroat were, ex- were were part of what made them so powerful is, one, they were two mana. Um, 
and two you could play multiple so like you'd get multiple triggers oh, yeah, because slime foot's legendary it means you can only have one unless you equip it with a card we haven't talked about a helm which generates a non-legendary copy of it every turn um and then you get to play more but every that card turn. seems terrible so <laughs> i'm skeptical but you know it's possible that you can play this card just in a Saprolings deck and like use this as incidental damage and incidental combo-esque win uh, if you have enough ways to just like kill the opponent other than using Slimefoot. If you have like um, Tenderfoot Dryad and you have other pumpers and things, then maybe you, you don't necessarily even need Slimefoot, uh, but it, it serves as like a nice way to get in the last couple points. Yeah. Um, you're also kind of looking for a stack outlet, so like maybe you're running Togar, but it's hard because like Togar is all in on the drain, like combo with Slimefoot plan, and you, we're talking about a deck that doesn't want to be all in on the combo with Slimefoot plan. Yeah. So it kind of has some tension to it, um, but like this effect of dies, drain one, it, it has always been constructed play. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about this versus things like uh, Zulaport Cutthroat is it's Sapperling specific. Yeah, as the restriction to the creature type. Yeah, because the nice thing about Cutthroat is, like, you could play... Um, All the best creatures for sacking. Yeah, and the creatures that, like, would create a random token, right? Scion, yeah. So, um, and I don't know that we've seen a lot of great ways to generate a bunch of Sapperlings really quickly yet. Yeah. Um. I mean, because four mana per sapling is obviously out of the out of the question yeah. if you're really trying to actually go wide. Um, though it's a nice ability. There are a couple have. cards that generate saplings. We just haven't reviewed them yet. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, and Tendershoot Dryad is like a pretty legit way to do it as well. Hmm. Yeah. So, but so, very cool. Yeah, those are the uh, twenty because we had already reviewed Teferi another day. So those are the twenty multicolored legends in the set. Uh, at least so far. I, I suspect that might be all of them, actually. But um, there you go. What do you think of the multicolored ones, Katie? I knew that jump out at you as being particularly exciting that you want to play with. Well, mostly I'm kind of bummed that so many of them are for Commander, but I'm yeah. happy for Commander players. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool for them. And yeah. uh, I guess for the, the Brawl players out there, are going to have a lot of options. Um, yep. Which is neat. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, boy, we are we are reaching. I am um, looking at this, you know, as I do through a constructed lens. Yeah, no, the thing that I'm most excited about is the knight. I really want to build a knight's deck. Mm -hmm. I like I like synergistic decks mm -hmm. um, with little things that just work well together. But you like you like specifically like tribal synergistic decks, right? Uh like you never were into you never were interested in constellation. Well, no, you like affinity too. Yeah, Affinity is... So maybe you would have liked Constellation. Dude, Affinity just... Do you know how fast they can play their stuff? It's so cool. Yeah. If Opals weren't so expensive, we would uh, we would just buy you Affinity and you could play that. It's so cool. Yeah, no. No, it'd be really cool. You have a bunch of knights and then you kill them. And at this point, I really miss Gideon you... Knight Ally, who just made you free knights every oh, time. Oh, right. How sweet would that be? Wait, did... Yeah, they were Knight Allies. Yeah, right, Knight right, Allies yeah. every turn. Zero, 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 zero. Turn Gideon to He also turned into a 5-5 five, five indestructible beater. Yeah. And could just Anthem the turn he came down if he wanted to. Yeah, he was I. He was pretty good. Crew Hari Kirin. Yeah. You know, no you big. Know, no he big. was pretty outshined by a Hevison. Yeah, so uh, I like, on this list, I like Slimefoot a lot. <laughs> uh, Gross. I, very not like me, but I like Daragaz. <gasps> 
a large beater creature. Yeah, kind of weird. Dude, what about Tefiri? Well, we I was gonna, about him I'm not done. Day. I'm not done. I like Oath of Tefiri. I like Tefiri, and I like Muldrotha. Muldrotha. Even though Muldrotha. Uh, oh, the graveyard yeah, sultan, and That's I like cool... uh, Joyra as well. I, think I have Joyra to say, overall, cool. I think the design of these is very cool. Yeah, the constructed side, we'll see, but the design very cool. They have just been super creative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Great, and uh, that is about it for now. So I think tomorrow we're probably going to do colorless and artifacts. Um, so thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, New England Comics. You can find it at NEC Coolidge on Facebook. And to Flipside Gaming, you can find it at flipsidegaming.com. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. Season.